Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. Yo, hey guys. Why don't, we, why don't we give God some praise in this place real quick? Thank you, Jesus. God, we praise you. God, we honour you. Um, before I preach, because I'm not going to preach long tonight, but I'm going to preach real good, um, is that there's, if you, if you didn't know, so why there's, you know, not as many people as there normally is, we've got a wedding today, tonight, happening right now. Um, the hors d'oeuvres will be coming at any minute, but there's a, there's a wedding happening, um, and so most of our Harmony fam isn't here tonight. It's my first time preaching, so I'm really feeling the love. But um, hey, Catherine's here. Hey, um, I, I appreciate that. Um, but because there's so few of us, and because we're all family, I reckon we should all just move into this one middle section, or if not, the first like three or four rows, because that's what we're about. Is that, can, I, can I do that? Could I be so rude as to ask that? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, give you guys a brief intermission of maybe 30 seconds, and I'm just gonna keep talking and filling the airwaves because I don't like awkward silences. Feel free to feel free to um, tell someone that they look incredible tonight on your way through. Cool, cool. <sighs> Okay, fantastic. Hey, I appreciate this, so guys, so much. This is literally going to make this sermon 10 times better now. Like 10 times better. Ten t- Andy Corn knows because he's a preacher. He, he's a pre- he knows what's up. Um, hey, so if you didn't know me, my name's Jared. I'm the youth pastor here at Harmony for Embassy Youth. You, 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 we got some youth here tonight, quite a few of them at the wedding as well. But um, feel free to pick up some merch. It's pretty sick. This is the pre-release this week, so we're going to take pre-orders. And uh, you can pick up this dope merch. I'm also wearing a t-shirt underneath, which is super cool. Uh, you can pick that up next week. So feel free to see uh, Maddie in the foyer after this. But um, hey, I'm going to preach a message tonight, and it's real simple. You know, I feel like um, God's put on my heart a, a unique message for uh, this church, for this generation. And um, I feel like God's doing something major in this city. I actually moved to Christchurch because I felt like, um, an undeniable sense that God was going to turn up in a big way in this city. So I hope you realize that you're part of a, a significant movement uh, movement in this time in this city. And uh, tonight I'm going to preach a real simple message, and it's called The World is Waiting. The World is Waiting. Now, I'm gonna, I don't have any scriptures, just a bit of context. God gave me this message about two hours ago, so I've been frantically trying to put it together. I was prepping all week. And I had like a decent, a pretty good message. I was like, this is pretty good. Like, it's all good. It's pretty good. But then God was like, um, after Rory shared this morning, I just, got, I just got wrecked and realized that this is more important. So um, if you have your Bible, um, does anyone have their Bible here tonight? Does anyone still read that thing? So ask you, what's happening? The heck? Nah, call outs. Um, so in Matthew, I've got two scriptures for us, and then we're going to get into this. So in Matthew ten sixteen it says this, Behold, this is Jesus talking, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Hmm, intriguing. It's an intriguing passage. In Romans eight nineteen to 21, um, For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. That's us. 
For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. My message tonight is called The World is Waiting. The world is waiting. Woo, the world is waiting. All right, so um, I read in, in preparation for this message, I actually read an article uh, yesterday, and it was a real intriguing story. It was, it was about a guy called Joe Hughes, um, 23-year-old British man uh, called Joe Hughes. Now, Joe Hughes, he, he was a mechanic. He was just your, your sort of average Joe dude. And what had happened is that um, in, the, in the Middle East, the British Army had captured a battle tank uh, in Iraq, brought it back to, back to England, back to the motherland. Amen. Amen, bro. Amen. I was, I was born there too, if you didn't know that. And uh, brought it back to the UK. And this man, Joe Hughes, was, um, it sounds like a made-up name, eh? But this is real, bro. I'm not, tro- I'm not trolling you guys. This is real. Um, Joe Hughes was, he, he purchased the tank. It was busted. It was broken. It had been um, almost destroyed in the, in, the, in the battle that was happening during that time. And what Joe Hughes did is that he took the tank and that he actually began to restore it. So he put tracks on. They were all busted and broken off. He, he um, you know, gave it a nice polish, gave it a nice shine. That was good. He fixed some of the armor plating around the tank. And he was feeling pretty good about himself. He's like, you know what? I've, I've done a pretty good job. You know, this tank was busted and, and I've, I've added value to this tank. So what, what happened? You've got to follow me. Some of you guys are just like, where's he going with this? Um, I'm going somewhere. What happened with Joe is that he, he went on to sell the tank for 30,000 pounds. Okay? That's solid. That's solid. He went on to sell the tank for 30,000 pounds. And what, what, what he didn't know, what the collectors didn't know is that the, uh, the collectors took it on a heavy-duty trailer back to their workshop and they began to check. They were searching for weapons. They were like, there must be you know, some sort of weapon stored in this thing. Let's, let's have a look around and see what we can find. And so the collectors popped open the back uh, storage compartment, the big heavy metal thing which weighed about a half a ton, and tucked in underneath the um, storage compartment was not one, not two, not three, four, but five bars of solid gold. This is a real story. This is a, you can look this up. Five bars of solid gold about yay long, about yay wide. The estimated value, keep in mind, they bought this tank for 30,000 pounds, okay? The guy thought he'd made a steal. He, he thought he'd made a good deal on it by repairing this tank and selling it away. And the collectors caught up the dudes, the gold dudes, you know, those gold dudes, and, he, and they're like, how much is this gold worth? And the estimated value was two million pounds, Two million pounds. That's a good deal, man. That is, that is a good deal, but it's, it's a bad deal for Joe, isn't it? I feel sorry for Joe because if he only knew what was in this tank, if he only knew what, it, what was in this tank, he, he thought, oh, this is a good tank. I've done a pretty good job. I've, had, I've made a pretty good effort here to fix this thing up and, and do my duty and whatnot. But if he only knew what, what the tank was carrying, what he only knew what the tank was carrying he, 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 he wouldn't have been let down that day. He wouldn't have made such a bad deal. And my question tonight is, how many of us are like Joe? We just go through life, we're like, yeah, man, like I've done a pretty good job here. You know, I'm working nine to five. 
Uh, I'm doing my thing. Um, you know, I, I, maybe I serve in church, whatnot. I, 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 I play my part. But the question that I want to ask us tonight is that you need to know what you're carrying. Do we actually, do you guys actually know what you're carrying? Do you know what you're carrying? We, we go through life completely underestimating our true value. We walk on eggshells contemplating whether we're living in God's will or not, deciding whether we have what it takes to be or not, to be used by God. For a long time, I feel like many, many of us have just waited. This is a pretty challenging word tonight, but I'm going to bring the fire because it's what I have to do. Um, a long time, people have just waited, waited. We've done the bare minimum or we, or we feel like the lane that we're in in life is not, it's not um, what God has called us to do. We feel like it's less than because I'm not on a stage or because I'm not preaching or because, uh, you know, I, I don't work for church or because I don't get paid a salary by church. I'm just here running my business, looking after these employees, having to sort out this dude because he keeps stealing from the shop. We think all of this mundane activity is less than what we're doing here at church. We underestimate the value of what we're doing because we don't know what we're carrying. Does that make sense? Okay, well, um, I, I get this feeling that um, there's, there's a lot of us, and, and the truth is that 90% 90, 90 of us are never going to work full-time for church. That's just at least 90%. That's a reality. So if God's will is for all of us to thrive and do our thing and be the best that we can be and live up to our potential, then surely only that means, you know, less than 10% are going to do that because they're employed by church, man. Like, so good, bro. Like, you get paid by church. You must be the chosen one, dude. There must be something special about you. And the truth is that we've got this the wrong way around in our heads. The reason that we have this church, the reason that I exist, the reason that we exist, the reason that Catherine and Gideon started this church, the reason that we turn up every Sunday, the reason that we work hard during the week up until Sunday through the week, hanging out with people, investing relationally and speaking, the, the, drawing the gold out of them is not so that you can just look at yourself and be like, man, I, I'm, I'm worth about $30,000. I'm, I'm worth about 30,000 pounds. That's all I'm good for. But you need to know tonight what you're carrying is necessary, man. It's necessary. God needs what you have. Don't look at yourself and say, man, I... I all I'm doing is I'm just a chippy, man. I just work seven till five every week, 50-something hours a week so that people can have nice, warm, snug homes through the winter and plumbing that doesn't, you know, explode. But that's actually a plumber's job. Um, yeah. Um, but you can look at yourself and be like, man, what do I actually have to bring? What do I have to give in terms of this whole kingdom thing? Like, if we're, if we're the church, we're the kingdom of God, we represent God where we go, how does my mundane nine to five, uh, menial, mundane vocation fit into this big picture that we call God's kingdom? That's an interesting question. Um, I, I think I'm probably getting ahead of myself here. I need to break this down. Um, I, I want to tell you guys tonight that you need to stop selling yourself short. That's a tongue twister. Don't say that fast two, 10 times over. Stop selling yourself short. Stop selling yourself short. You need to give value to what God values. I want to encourage you tonight that you are chosen by God. 
that you have what it takes, that you are more powerful than you think you are. You're better than you think you are. You're way better than you think you are. And what you think is mundane and small is actually what God wants to use to impact a whole crowd of people that no one else can reach. Come on. Do not sell yourself short. Do you know what you carry? Do you know what you carry? Ephesians 2.10 says it pretty plainly. I'm sorry I don't have it on the screen tonight, but it's just, it's just raw, man. This is why it's all over the place, but it's just raw. Um, Ephesians 2.10 says this about all of us. This isn't just about me, about Catherine, about Cyrus, about, you know, this is for everyone. It says, we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. The truth is that we, we, all, have, we all have a problem that we can solve. We all have a problem that we can solve. The truth is that we, 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 we are custom built by God to do something that no one else can. We're custom built. Have you guys, have you guys ever done like DIY before? <laughs> My dad has not. And I know that to be the truth. Because he is not, that's not his lane, man. I can tell you now, dad, that's not your lane in life. But if, you, if you've done DIY, give us, give us, a, give us a wave. Bit of DIY, maybe you fixed a, you know, something that's broken, you built something, whatever. Now, when I'm, when I'm doing DIY, or if I'm in a workshop, like I, I did a bit of cabinetry for a while, there's, there's nothing worse than doing a job and the tool you're using is not the right tool. Do you guys, have you guys experienced that before? Like the tool you're using is not the right tool. Like, I don't know if you tried like building furniture, but... When you want to saw a, a piece of wood in half, you don't use a screwdriver. That's not going to end very well. You're probably going to slip and like accidentally stab yourself in the kidney or something. You're, you're using a tool that was not designed to be used for that task. The thing with tools and DIY is that it's, 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 you, you work faster, you work more effectively, and it's more enjoyable when, the, when you use the right tool when you use the right tool for the job. The truth is that God has made us uniquely to fulfill a certain purpose and to solve a certain problem. The world is waiting for us. The world is waiting for us. You know, they say necessity is the mother of invention. Why? Because everything ever invented in the history of mankind was to solve a specific problem. If you look at inventors, we're like, wow, these people are so inspired. They're just so amazing. You know, like, I want to be like him. How, how, did he, how did this guy randomly one day think to invent a light bulb? Thomas Edison. Well, I reckon what happened is that, you know, we glorify this dude, Thomas Edison. We got these beautiful LED lights and blah, blah, blah. We can attribute that to Thomas Edison. We think, man, he was just must have been so inspired. I bet one day, like he was just chilling with his family in his nice candlelit home, and he kept bumping into furniture. Like he, one day he just had enough. He just, he smacked his shin into the coffee table and he's like, that's it. I've had enough of this poor belly lit room. I want to do something about it. And history records that he went on to do something about it. He, I think he failed over a thousand times to produce this uh, light emitting uh, diode, I think that's what you refer to it as, but this, this candescent bulb 
which could produce light electronically. You didn't have to light a candle and then, you know, we're going way back to the medieval times. He made a massive leap in technology because he, he saw a problem and he solved it. That's all he did. He saw a problem and he solved it. Take, take Martin Luther King. He's just a young Christian reverend. And he began to take Martin Luther King Jr., sorry. Um, uh, yeah, that's good. Um, he, he was just a young African-American reverend that began to take a look around and notice that the people in his city, the people in his society, they were deemed as less than. These African-American citizens were deemed as less than the, the, the white man. That's not okay. And so instead of just grumbling and complaining, because it would have been so easy to do that, what he did is get to work finding a solution. Get to work finding a solution. I can guarantee he was a reverend, but there were people in the church that were condemning him for what he was doing. They were, he was probably, he, I, I can actually guarantee this for a fact, he was condemned by the church because he was too radical. He was doing something too big. He was doing something which no one had thought of. But all he did was realize that, man, I actually carry something significant. I see a problem and I can fix that. I see a problem, I can fix that. That's all this kingdom thing's about. It's not about these four walls and just let's contain ourselves and let's just spend rigorous hours in prayer. Like, let's do that. Let's absolutely do that. There's people that are called to pray for many, many hours and it's their gift, but that's the solution that they're bringing. But what solution are you bringing? We can't sit in these four walls and say, man, like, I feel cozy in here, man. I got my little embassy hoodie, man. It was, it was such, a, such a steal. And it looks so stylish. We can't afford to sit in here and just negate the world that's happening out there. There's problems all around. There's problems that you see every day that frustrate the heck out of you. you might, it might be something small, like people just don't clean up at the, in the smoko room. Do you know what I mean? That's very, my mom's smiling right now. She knows what's up. Um... But there's problems that we see, and because our minds are so limited to what we could actually be as the church, we're, we're saying, oh, that's someone else's problem. Ah, that's all good. Some worldly person will sort that out. You know, I'm, I'm the church, man. I'm just going to keep myself to me, and we're going to hang out together and be a family, and we're gonna be, it's going to be awesome. But what would it look like if every single person went out this week, and they were like, man, there is a problem I can solve? Do you know what I mean? There is a problem I can solve. I think the problem with New Zealand is that, and this, this culture, is that we downplay everything we do. It's so stupid. I hate it. Like, I love America because they just celebrate everything, even if it's stupid. They're like, yes, you're the man. You are amazing. You know, like, he, you know, he, he, he swept the floor. Like, do you know what I mean? But what is it about New Zealand, this culture that we're in, in Christchurch particularly, it's, diff- it's, it's a bit different in Wellington, but it's definitely here. What is it that we don't want to celebrate people for succeeding? What is it that we don't want to look at someone in their workplace succeeding and say, ah, you know, he's just, whatever, he's just trying to, he's just trying to be the man. He's not, even, he's not even close to God. He's hanging out with all those people, all those, those snarky business people that are just trying to make a quick buck. But what about what if that person was saying, man, I want to, this is my sphere of influence. This is my lane that I can actually, God's position me in uniquely. We're, we're uniquely created. We're uniquely positioned. What if that person was saying, man, there's, there's literally no one else. 
These people are never going to come through the doors of a church, man. What do we do with those people? What do we do with those people? Have you thought about that? 50% of people will probably never come through the doors of the church. And are we going to sit here and wait for them to get their act together and say, come on, man. Come on, bro. Like, what are you doing? You're wasting your life. Now, nah, they're having the time of their lives, man, because they don't know any better. But who's going to show them better? Who's going to show up to the room where they're making an important decision? And because you have influence, because you treat people well, they're actually going to respect what you say. They're not going to just fob you off as a, you know, judgmental Christian. He's weak, man. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's not, he can't succeed in business. You know, God has given you a specific gift set to use. Um, yeah, I'm running out of time. Sorry. Um, just a side note. So for, I've already spoken about this, but you need to follow your frustrations. Follow your frustrations. A lot of us are like, man, what am I here to do? Like, what's the purpose? God, I'm seeking your will, man. Like a fast of 20 days. Nothing. If you have done that, that's amazing. But a lot of us haven't. Um, <laughs> but we get so we get so like we get so confused, and it's just all so it's all too much that we don't even want to deal with it. The purpose of God. What's the purpose of God for my life? Can He use me? I'm just a dude. I don't work for church. I'm not that good. God wants to use you. God wants to use you, and He's given you things that frustrate you. Maybe just to tip you over the edge to the point that you're willing to actually do something about it. Keep that in mind. There's things that you've been so annoyed about and you've been like, God, what the heck is this person's problem, man? And prayer, you're like, you know, God, I'm here. But what the heck, dude? This person, he, he's, he's an idiot. He just shows up late all the time. No one, no one respects me at work. Um, what are you doing about it? Are you just going to complain and grumble and say, man, there's someone else's problem. I'm just going to sit here in my cozy church seat, and we can just complain together. That would be great. It would not be great. That would be the worst thing ever. That would be the most boring family to be a part of. Do you know what I mean? Like just a room full of grumblers. Like, ah, yeah, no. Uh, we've seen better days beforehand. Back in my day. What's God doing right now? What's God doing right now and how are you going to play your part? This is a harsh word, but I believe it's for, for everyone here tonight. Um, I'm going to finish up here and then we're just going to have some ministry time because we're running out of time. Um, when Jesus was with his disciples, they asked him to teach them how to pray. Like this is a, a, a crucial moment in, in the Gospels, like in, in, in the story of Jesus. Um, and the disciples are like, teach us how to pray. What do you say to God? Like, what are you, what are you discussing? Are you talking about me? Like, what's happening, you know? Teach me how to pray. And Jesus says this. He says, Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Hallowed is your name. This, even if you're not saved, you probably know this prayer. And then he says these amazing words. He says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I reckon the band can come. That'd be mean. Um... Basically, he would, what he was saying with these words, this is like a, such a loaded statement, is that he was saying, let the culture of heaven, let the way that we do things in heaven, let the way that we solve problems, let the way that we bless other people, let the way that we provide value, let, we, let, let, let the way that in heaven, everyone's, they're not concerned with themselves, they're concerned with blessing other people, adding value. There's no selfishness in heaven, man. Let the culture of heaven 
permeate earth. That's a profound statement, man. That is a profound statement. Let the culture of heaven, let the way that God does things, let the way that God does business, let the way that God would treat a person that we don't know who can't apparently help us, let the, word, let, let, let the, um, let the culture of, let, let the way that God would, would raise a child, let the way that God would be a friend, let the way that God would make deals, let the way that God would sit in a boardroom meeting and instead of just snipely looking at other people and, and, and tapping out, you're actually making contributions to this business. Let the way that God would do these things permeate earth. Let it permeate education. Let it be in politics and government. Let it be in arts and entertainment. I think you guys are getting it. Let it be in music. Let it, let it be in the music that we listen to, not in just these, these cushy four walls, but out there. Out there. Let it be in family. Let it be on the news. Let it be in media. Let it be in journalism. Let it be in religion and spirituality. Let it be in every aspect of society. The truth is that, and you guys can just start playing something. The truth is that we need to get our heads out of, man, I, 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 wanna, I feel safe in these four walls, man. There's something beyond the four walls, and it's called the world. This isn't a hospital, man. This, this is an armory. Does that make sense? We're not here to just, you know, we get through those issues. But the reason that God's going to heal you is so that you can help other people walk into their healing. The reason that God's going to bless you and your business is so that you can bless other people. Everything we have is to be given away. That's, that's a challenging word, man. That's to, that might be too much tonight. That might be way too much. Everything we have is to be given away. What value are we providing? What skills has God given us? What gifts has God given us to use to bless the world? That's how we're going to see people saved. That's how we're going to see this thing called revival, this thing called reformation happen. And those are big words, but basically that just means when a city chooses to do and live the way that God would have them live. That's it. That's easy. But what what it's going to take is every single person to say, man, I don't want to just sit here and, and feel cozy and walk my little walk, work nine to five, do enough. I don't want to sell the tank for 30,000 pounds because that's not what it's worth. I got way more value in me. God's given me way more value. God's given me way more value to give. How do we treat people that can't help us at all? Can't help us a buck. Can't help us a dime. Do we still treat them good? Do we still honour them the same? The things that we do out there matters, and I'll be prepared to say this, it matters more than what we're doing here. It matters more. Because there's, man, man, I'm going to break up real quick. You don't see me tearing up too much, eh? But there's, there's, there's a city out there that needs what you have. The city needs what you have. It's not enough to just sit here and be like, man, I'm, 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 my heart's broken for this. All right, get it together. But how, how long are we going to be the city that's known for just, you know, teenagers that are depressed? 
teenagers that are really to just ready to just end it all. What are we doing? Good, we're good in here, man. Thank you. We're good, man. I just want you to hear my heart. This, this is, we need to do more, man. God's got more. God's got more for you than just sitting here filling a seat every Sunday. He wants to send you out there to actually make make an impact. And I feel like God, if if this is the only message that you remember for the rest of your life, it's good. It's a good message. And you also got to see me cry, which doesn't happen that much. But I want to finish this here. And and basically, we're going to come into a a time of response for this message tonight. And maybe you feel like God has positioned you in a specific area where no one else can be. Maybe it's like a subculture. Maybe it's like a, a certain lane of life, politics, business, whatever it is. You feel like, man, I could do more in this area. I can, I can actually excel in, my, excel in my vocation, excel in what God's made me to do. And that's my, that's my gift to God. That's my ministry. So right now, we're, we're going to stand in this place and we're going to take, take some time to respond to this message. But if that's you, you say, man, I feel stirred and challenged, man. The skinny white boy that makes a few jokes here and there, he got me good tonight. And that's just not, that's not me, that's the Holy Spirit. I wasn't expecting to get up here and, and shed tears tonight, man. But God's passionate about this thing. If we don't go, who else is going to go? Who else is going to go? I feel like the question that God wanted to ask you tonight is, where will you go for me? Where will you go for me? Even if you get judged... Even if people in church, the cool Christian club say, man, what's he up to? He's, 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 he's hanging out with people that we wouldn't hang out with. You're going to get judged for this. This is, a, this is a, a risky message to preach, and it's an even riskier thing to live. But if that's you tonight, you, you say, man, I feel like God's on this. That I've got things, I've got gifts, I've got an area of my life that... God, I want God to use. I want it to. I, I want it to make an impact. I want to feel like it's got a sense of meaning. I'm not just working to pay the bills, but I'm making a serious impact for God's kingdom. If that's you, then I want you to just. Uh, I just want to invite you forward. Just take a step forward and say, "That's me, man." There's, 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 uh, we, we cheer you on. If that's you, I, I don't want you to be embarrassed. This isn't that sort of thing. I want you to shamelessly step forward and say, "Man, this is me." God's, God's on my life. I carry way more than I think I do. And I want God to use me in my lane. If that's you, step forward now. We're just going to come into a time of worship, time of ministry. And I'm going to pray for some people. But if that's you, come forward. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to sing this song together. Let's sing.
actually uh, it's almost like he's lifted a veil and for some of you you've actually seen something new tonight and God is going to reveal more to you but you you actually need to press into God God is actually redirecting some people here tonight um, you've got vision you've got a desire to serve God you just haven't had the impetus up to now to do that and now tonight you've had a challenge and God is saying, you're going to need to now move forward on what you've heard and start to seek God. And then he's going to open up doors for you. Okay, so you, you just press into to that revelation. <clears throat> but this is a decisive moment for you. Also, there's a lady here. You came here tonight and you asked God for a word from the Lord. And I just felt the Lord say, the word is this. Um, everything's going to be all right. Oh 
God, that you're stirring hearts. God, that you're enlarging vision. God, that you're removing things that that have previously held us back or hindered us. Maybe it's the judgments of other people, or what? What? Maybe the thought that what would people think if I did this? What would people think if I did this? If I actually did this and went in at one hundred percent, what would that even look like? How would people treat me? And tonight, I would say that who cares what people think? Because at the end of the day, you're only accountable to God. At the end of the day, you're accountable to God. You give an account to God. People might not understand that in this moment or in this season of your life, but at the very end of the day, it's going to be you and God. And He's going to ask, man, what did, what did you do? What did you do, bro? What did you do? What did you do with what I gave you? He's given us so much. He's given us so much. And the way that we grow is that we use what we have even if it's something small, it doesn't matter. It's not insignificant to God. He doesn't acknowledge the task, but He, he, he acknowledges the love with which you do it, the faith that, with which you do it. And um, I feel specifically like Angelus, bro, God's going to open up new doors real soon. you like, big doors, bro. You're going to be like, what the heck? And you're going to know that it was just God. He's got you, bro. Andy, I feel like the breakthrough is just around the corner. Just around the corner, man. You've got massive dreams, massive visions. The world needs what you have. It's just around the corner. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, we're going we're gonna, to um, release church tonight. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna break here. But if you want more prayer, more ministry, feel free to stay down here. And um, the, the leadership, the ministry team will be here to pray with you if you want that. 
Um, if you want to respond to Jesus tonight, maybe you've heard this message and be like, hey, like, what is this dude on about? I just came because my mate said there was free coffee, man. Well, I want to say that the best life that you could possibly ever imagine is designed by Jesus. He designed it. He designed that life. He, does, he knows you inside out. He knows everything that makes you tick. You're a custom built. You're a custom built person. God knows you. He knows what's gonna, he, he said he's gonna give you the desires of your heart, man. The reason he can do that is because he put them there in the first place. That's easy for God. He knows what you want and he, 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 he wants to give you what you actually want. But if we try to do it our own way and separate to God and we think our way is better, then we'll never fully live that satis- satisfying, fulfilled life that He has for us. So if you want to respond to Jesus, we're, or, um, we don't have time at all, but what I want to do is if you do want to respond to Jesus tonight, um, I'm going to ask that every head, head be bowed, every eye closed real quick. We're just going to give a quick opportunity to respond to this because we're going to wrap this up. If that's you, you're hearing this message tonight, you're like, Jesus, I need you. I've been, I've been chilling too long. No one's looking around. I've been trying to figure this thing out on my own. I've been trying to get my business going. Let me, let me tell you, the best thing that you can do is commit your life to God. He's got the answers. He's got all the answers you need. He's just looking for you to put your trust in Him. So if that's you, I just want you to raise one hand. I'll see it. I'll see it. No one's looking around. It's just me and you and God. I'll see that, and then we're going to pray a quick prayer together, and then we're done. So if that's you, I'm going to count down from three. Just raise your hand. I'll see that, and then we're finished. Three, two, one. If that's you, you want to respond tonight? Awesome. Cool. If you want to respond to this again, if you want to respond to this tonight, if that's you, awesome. Looking around one more time. Brilliant. All right, let's, let's pray this prayer together quickly. Say, dear Lord Jesus, dear Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, that you made me, that you love me, that you died for me so that I could live with you. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Show me how to live my best life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Big round of applause. That's awesome. Um, cool. Okay, we're gonna wrap this up. But if you if you if you didn't put your hand up and you wanted to respond, come talk to me. Um, otherwise, if you want prayer ministry, feel free to just chill down here, and our, our ministry team will be with you soon. But other than that, love you all. Have a great week. <laughs>